The following programme is made possible by the friends and partners of Creation Today. Patricia Engler has a way with words. She's got a love for Christ and an ambition for God's creation. But it's her incredible journey around the world in 180 days that I want you to hear about today. Welcome to the Creation Today Show, where we bring together interviews with experts and solid Bible teaching. Your host, Eric Hovind, affirms the ultimate authority of God's Word, the truth of creation, and why it matters to you. I'm your host, Eric Hovind. If you know someone in public school or a secular university, please send them this conversation that I'm about to have, okay? Hey, if you know somebody who's a Christian, Please send them this conversation I'm about to have, all right? Matter of fact, if you care about anybody at all, please send them this conversation, okay? You guys are in for a real treat. For those of you joining me on Facebook or on YouTube, thank you guys so much for being part of our audience. We would love to know where you're tuning in from, so please put that in the chat. City and state is great or country is great. You may actually win something. Sometimes the ladies in the office just pick somebody at random and send them a message and let them know they won a free gift just as an appreciation for you tuning in. Hey, if you're listening on our podcast today or watching on one of our television stations, thank you for peeking into the Creation Today community. We're just a group of people working to to disciple the world, really. We, We want to turn the stumbling blocks that keep people from coming to Christ into stepping stones on their journey to know the one true God of the Bible and we're glad you're here peeking in. If you ever want to be part of our community, all you got to do is go to creationtoday.org and partner with us. Patricia Engler was raised as a homeschooler, and she wanted to take on the challenge of going to public university to see if her Christian faith could hold out against really the most well-oiled indoctrination machine in the world. She faced professors who challenged her, students who disagreed with her, and at the end, She still believed in God, and she still believed that trusting Jesus Christ was the only way to be saved. You are going to absolutely love my guest, ladies and gentlemen, Miss Patricia Engler. Patricia, welcome to the Creation Today Show. Thank you so much. Great to be here. Hey, I have to admit it, Patricia. Ever since your first blog that came out on AIG called 360 and 180, I'm a fan. You are killing it. You got to tell us how you got started in this. This is awesome. Oh, it is a God story from start to finish. And I love telling the story of what God's done for me because growing up as a teenager, it was hearing other people's stories of how God led them that really gave me a taste for the things of the Lord. So if I can help other young people get that same taste to just want to taste and see that God is good, then I am so happy about that. Well, you you guys are going to want to check out her blog. It's on Answers in Genesis. You can just go to AnswersInGenesis.org and look up Patricia Engler to get her blog. It's it's incredibly well done. She writes well. Patricia, how did all this start? How did you go from a homeschooler to working at Answers in Genesis and basically an apologist? Well, the ironic thing is I didn't actually used to care about apologetics when I was younger. Um, It wasn't until I was 14 that I really began to be interested in apologetics. And it's all Ken Ham's fault, really. I'm blaming the boss already. I love it. (laughs) That's right. So before I had kind of thought that creation and evolution and all that kind of thing was more of just like a retirement hobby, honestly. It was things that like people maybe did in their spare time if they liked rocks, but it wasn't really relevant to the things I knew were important as a Christian. Things like, you know, justice issues, feeding the hungry, equipping the church for the future, sharing the gospel 
people? Like, what do fossils have to do with that? But then all that changed when I went to this homeschool convention at age 14 and heard Ken Ham speak. And he connected the dots for me by explaining how all those things that I knew were important, God's word and sharing the gospel and feeding the hungry, all of it depended on ultimately the truth of Genesis 1 to 11, because all those things depend on God's word being true. And Genesis 1 to 11 is the foundation for all those major doctrines of scripture one way or another. So I realized that anything that undermines Genesis undermines all those things that I knew were essential as a Christian. So I thought, well, obviously I have to become an apologetic speaker like Ken Ham so that I can also help defend God's word against this cultural attack. And of course, since evolution is one of culture's go-to frameworks for attacking Genesis, I thought I need to learn about evolution and learn how to help other Christian students get through evolutionary education so then I can help respond to the attack on culture and also help ideally keep young kids from losing their faith when they're being exposed to these ideas. I love the fact that you didn't just want to take a shortcut. Um, And I don't know how this worked out for you, but you decided to go to a secular university and take on the challenges. How'd that happen? Right. Well, We had looked originally at maybe if there was a Christian college that I could go to, because like, why really walk into a lion's den if you don't have to? But unfortunately, in Canada, a lot of the faith-based universities do teach a compromised view of God's word beginning in Genesis. And when you hear something like that from a Christian perspective, it can sound even more true. So I thought at least if I go to secular university, not only am I learning exactly what evolutionists really do believe and what kids who go through secular university experience, but then it also won't sound like it's coming from a Christian perspective. And that can, that can be a safeguard for you as a student as well. Well, I I was thrilled to read your blogs. Like I said earlier, your very first blog that came out, I was hooked. Not only do you have an incredible, uh, incredible ability to write, but the experiences that you've had maintaining Christianity in a secular college. And then I want to get to this going around the world at 360 around the world in 180 days living. Anyway, we'll talk about that in a second. But by the way, if you guys, you guys need to go get her blog, her original blog series that made me fall in love with her writing and just what God is doing in her life. It's uh, I think it's 30 days. Is it, am I right on that? It's like a 30 day blog, right? Or 30 days, 30 30 different blogs. That's right. Yeah. Okay. So 30 different blogs, take the next 30 days and use these, print them out, use these as your devotionals for the next 30 days. You're going to be encouraged with what God has taken Patricia through. It's available at Answers in Genesis. The ladies will put the the link in the chat, but you, you originally, you, you talk in the original blogs, kind of the beginning of how, how you survived a secular university. Can you give us some highlights of that? Yeah, for sure. So it was an intense indoctrination process. And I hesitate to use the word brainwashing, but that's basically what it is, because you're in this scenario where you're being told pretty much every single day what you believe is wrong as a Christian. People don't believe in God anymore. Science has disproved the Bible. Evolution is a fact. I had a professor say there's not a single piece of evidence against evolution. You're hearing this every day. And you're also doing this in a context where, you know, you're not sleeping that great like you used to. Maybe students aren't known for eating well all the time, you know, so your critical thinking defenses are already lowered. And if you Um, also experience some kind of isolation. Maybe you've moved away from home. If you haven't gotten plugged into a good church community yet, like all these things can really add up and start wearing down your defenses. So I did like encounter some of that and it was hard, but God did equip me with some foundations that I needed to get through and come out not only still a Christian, but actually a stronger one in the long run. So when you face this, 
What was the biggest hurdle in your mind as you went through this? Because I remember reading in, I think it's blog number two, where you said you would actually make notes and you would, while you're taking notes in class, you would put like a uh, faith challenge. Like this was something that challenged and you would have to go back and look at that or something like that. Can you explain that? And what was the biggest yeah. one that challenged you? Yeah, for sure. So as I was a student, I found two things were really helpful because what is the challenge, the big challenge that you were mentioning is that just because you're constantly hearing things all the time and they're all taught as fact, and sometimes you have to go back and figure out, think critically about it, separate, okay, what is actually fact? What's the observational science? What's just interpretations based on evolutionary assumptions, but it's all taught as fact. So you have to be constantly thinking biblically and critically about what you're hearing. But as a student, you know, you're sitting in class and you just have to be taking notes. So how do you balance all this? So what I found was really helpful, two tips. Number one is when I heard something that sounded like it could challenge my faith is I just put it in quotation marks as I was taking notes in class because that freed me from feeling like I was writing down an actual fact. I was just writing down what the professor was saying. It may or may not actually be true. That was just their comments. So that helped kind of put some distance between it there. And then the other thing that was helpful is whenever I had um, a question about what I was hearing, something that challenged my faith, I'd flip to the back of my notebook and write that question down. So then later when I had a chance, I could go plug it into a site like Answers in Genesis and find usually a good free answer right away. And sometimes even if I didn't have time to read the whole long article or whatever, just seeing that there's a thoughtful answer helped. And then that kept me from feeling like there was all this weight of doubt or evidence accumulating against my belief, but then not remembering what my questions were so that I could follow up on them. So those are two tips I find are, are helpful for students based on my own experience. Do you feel like as you were going through there that you were trying to be open-minded to, in other words, did you go in closed-minded or did you go in going, I really want to find the facts. I want to find the truth. Well, I mean, absolutely. You want to find the, the facts. And if there are true statements and observational science, things that we can see, then we want to know what they are. But I also went in knowing the Bible and believing it and trusting it. And I thought, I think about um, my dad, for instance, he went and took some, some chaplaincy classes that he knew there was going to be a lot of weird spirituality involved. So before he went in, he actually made kind of a, a pact with my mom. Like if I start to compromise on these fundamentals of Christianity, here's what you do. And here's how you pray. And like, get my dad to, to talk to me and all that kind of thing. So like I had to go in knowing that I was not going to compromise on the essentials of my faith. And if you know that, and you know that you have a reason for believing that from, from the start, you know that anything, any question that you might have that comes up along the way, it ultimately is not going to change the truth of who God is. You know, he's true from the get-go. So any facts that you learn, ultimately, they are going to fit within a biblical worldview and a biblical worldview will probably explain those facts better than the secular one in the long run. So open to the facts, but also keeping that firm foundation on God's word from the beginning. And I love your two-step method because that helped you go, did what I hear, was that a fact or was that an interpretation of the fact? And really kind of using the critical thinking to discern what you're being taught. Yep, that's essential. Wow. Well then, uh, and by the way, for if you're in college or you're uh, going soon off to university, 
uh, I highly encourage you to go through that 30 day blog series because, or the, I keep calling it a 30 day series. Sorry. That's my fault. I know it wasn't intended like that, but you need to take 30 days and read one blog a day or just, you know, consume it all in one day. Just go read them all. Um, because you actually end up going through critical thinking skills. You go, you go through several things that are really helpful for somebody go in the same situation. Matter of fact, they're help that's why I said anybody, because they're helpful for anybody for crying out loud. If you work, if you have a job, if you don't have a job, if you have kids, if you don't have kids, if you are a child, go read the series. I'm telling you, it's really, really good. Okay. Um, so you you do that, you get out of school. Uh what, by the way, what was your degree in? It was general science. So I got to study two focuses. So I picked biology and psychology. Wow. And those are certainly fields that they really want people believing the evolutionary dogma in, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. I, I took full classes in evolution. And the funny thing was the first one, there wasn't really any solid evidence for evolution in it. So I was like, maybe I missed something. I'll take a fourth year evolution class. And that one as well, it, we didn't even end up talking about actual evolution in the sense of change between kinds until the very last lecture of this whole semester long class. So really, wow, don't have to worry about anything that you might learn in, in secular education. So the they expect the indoctrination machine to work and through this you're going to get but no no hard fact rattled your faith. That's right. I mean all always it makes at least as much sense from a biblical perspective. Huh, that's incredible. Okay. Well, I say it's incredible. We're like of course that's true. I know that, but that man just so many young people are are challenged and 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 end up believing what these professors are saying, and they're really believing an interpretation of the fact. Anyway, I know you talk about that on the blog. So I want to move on, and I want to get to uh, the, the the big story that I thought was incredible. You, after this, went on, as you described, kind of an unexpected journey, huh? That's right, yep. You went around the country, uh, around the world, excuse me, over a six-month period, and That's was like, correct. let me go see the world. Let me go live with people who are Christians and in countries that are not not persecuted, even in, from my understanding, persecuted countries where Christianity is kind of persecuted against, correct? Yeah, I did go to a couple of those. Okay, I want okay, that I got to get into because I'm always wondering what's it like in other countries? Uh, how did other countries compare to the United States? How did God work? How did God move? What did you see God do? Back up and start from the beginning for us on that journey and, and tell us that story. For sure. So after I graduated, I was like, okay, so I know what helped me as a Christian student at university, but I want to, I want to get a broader picture. What helps students in other countries keep their faith at university? What are some patterns? What are some things that can apply across the board to everyone? So I had always wanted to travel after university. So when I did graduate and I was writing this um, blog series of things that had helped me as a Christian. So I wanted to just be able to add to that, tell some other stories. I'm like, okay, so I got this, got this idea. I need to maybe go interview some other Christian students in other countries about how they keep their faith at university. I hadn't originally planned to go the whole way around the world, but to get an idea of what countries to go to, I printed out a map and shaded in red all of the nations that had signed a pledge to teach evolution in their public education systems. It's called the IAP Statement on the Teaching of Evolution. And I realized that the red band wrapped all the way around the planet. So there's literally this red band of nations that teach evolution. So I was like, <laughs> imagine if I did try to get around 
the whole world and interview students. And I could be away from Canada for six months without any legal hassle. So that's why I made it 180 days, 360 degrees around the world. And of course, like I've just graduated from university, I'm not independently wealthy. So I just had to go on savings that I had left over from working at a greenhouse since being a teenager and just trust God to provide and knock on doors, see if he would open them. And that's what I started doing. And he did. And we just went from there. That is incredible. As I read your blog series, I, I got to tell you, some of your God stories of how God just constantly provided. Uh, so, some You're going to hear these stories. Some of you are watching are going to hear these stories and you're like, nah, if you're a skeptic, you're like, nah, nah, it's just coincidence. But man, you start adding up coincidence, 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 and you're like, I'm catching a pattern here. It seems like God really is doing something. Um, can you, the bread story, can you tell the bread story? Oh, I love that one. All right. So I was in New Zealand and groceries were pretty expensive. Actually, everything in New Zealand is pretty expensive, to be honest. So I was walking to church my first Sunday there and I was just praying. So I prayed from the Lord's Prayer, like, Lord, I just asked for daily bread. And I meant that figuratively, you know, it's in the Lord's Prayer. So then I get to church and after the service, I'm talking to this lady and she randomly hands me a bag and it has two full loaves of bread in it. Like, who does that after church? So I was like, ah, thanks, Lord. I see what you did there. So that was that was pretty cool in itself. So I went and I lived off of like peanut butter sandwiches in New Zealand for the next two days or three days. And on the fourth day, I was talking to this guy at um, the ministry base where I was staying. And he mumbled something about coffee and then left and then came back and randomly handed me another loaf of bread out of nowhere. Like, who does that? So <laughs> I, went to, I went to put it with the first two loaves, but realized then that the last of those first two loaves was gone. So I don't know if someone took them or like ate them or threw them out. But like right when I ran out of bread, God provided more. So then I was like, okay, so daily bread, I got it. It's like the Israelites in the desert, like for the day they needed it. And when you run out of one day, God gives you what you need for the next day. So that was just a really cool lesson in, in how God works. And the same God that was providing for the Israelites in the Old Testament is the same God interacting with us today. You don't have to be a missionary or an apologist. Or I didn't have a job of any kind at that point. I was just following God and he provided for me. So cool to read those stories. Um, I've just got a couple minutes left with Facebook and YouTube and our podcast and television audience. Um, is there any little, just give us one nugget and then we'll go with the partners and, and kind of go into all of it. But can you give them one nugget of what's it like to survive uh, a, a in, in secular colleges around the world? Is there any one thing that you can give them real quick before they have to go? Yeah, absolutely. Actually, everywhere, no matter where you go, no matter what challenges you face, there are three things that help um, young people ex like keep their faith during all the different challenges. So if you have strong spiritual foundations, close walk with God, you have strong intellectual foundations. So you have some apologetics, training, critical thinking skills to answer new questions that come up. And you have strong interpersonal foundations. So having a personal support network, including ideally older mentors in your life, a biblical local church, and just some, some godly people in your life. If you have those three things, then that is what it takes to keep a strong biblical worldview, not only in secular university, but actually any challenge that you're going to face in life. So um, the Christians in persecuted countries, if you read their biographies, they excelled in these foundations. If you look at the stories of wor uh, world changing Christians like William Wilberforce, who stands on biblical authority, drove him to stop the British slave trade. These same foundations were also essential. So if you 
grow in those areas, like you will have what you need in order to survive and thrive as a Christian and not only get through hard contexts with your faith intact, but actually apply your biblical worldview to impact those hard contexts for Jesus. And again, in the blog, in my book, in a whole bunch of places, I explain those in detail. So definitely um, would encourage people to check this out. Absolutely. So a strong spiritual foundation, strong intellectual foundation, and a strong personal, or not personal, that I didn't catch what you said. Say it again. Interpersonal, yes. Interpersonal. That was inter. That's what I was like. I missed something there. Interpersonal relationships with people that can pray for you and encourage you. Uh, Wow, that that is good. What what made you come to those three as you traveled around? How how did you how did you track all the different people and all the different things and all the different conversations over a six month period and go, you know what? Here's the three common threads. Yes. Well, they were the three things that I found personally helped me keep my face. So that was kind of my hypothesis going in is that these three things would be important. And then sure enough, every single interview that I did with people on my trip, I would notice those threads. And then as I was writing the blog, I would highlight them as I went. And it was just so consistent, which was really cool because like the challenges of following Jesus look different in different contexts, but just being able to see this pattern everywhere showed me that while the problems you face in different contexts look different, the solutions look the same everywhere, which was so exciting because then if churches and families and ministries can be focusing in some simple ways on helping young people and all Christians build these foundations that can make a difference for the future of the church, literally around the world. So it was exciting that pattern unfold. Ah, I love it. Okay. I want you to tell me some of your most difficult stories, difficult circumstances, some of the most difficult countries where it's like hard to be a Christian. Okay. I want to go there, but first I do have to let Facebook and YouTube go. I'm so sorry, guys, my podcast listeners. Thank you guys for listening in Facebook and YouTube next week and have a great show for you live at 12 noon. Can't wait for you to join me. If you guys ever want to come over to the creationtoday.org website and just join our community, you can be uh, right here on with us as we talk to the guests live. You get to interact and ask questions and things like that. So we'd love to have you guys over here. Patricia, what were some of the some of the difficult places that you went? Can you tell me some stories? Thank you for joining us for this engaging conversation. To view this and many more conversations in their entirety, we invite you to partner with us at creationtoday.org/partner.